Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. And for this episode, I got one of the OGs with me, Jason Hewlett. Jason, what's up, my man? Hey man, good to see you. Here we go. Yeah, good to see you too. And if you guys aren't watching us, it's because you're listening to us on the podcast. But if you would like to watch us, we'd really greatly appreciate it. Even though I think Jason and I can humbly say there's not a lot to watch. So this is a bad sales pitch for our Patreon. But if you would like to watch us, and more importantly, if you would like to see over two years of content that is not on our podcast channel, answering questions from real parents about real life stress and situations with their kids and families, you can go to www.patreon.com backslash OG therapy. And you can sign up to be a member of our Patreon, five bucks a month, and it gets you all that two years of exclusive bonus content. And as a little added bonus, may not be a bonus, but you get to see us on these calls instead of just hearing. So that's a little shameless plug for that. So go to Patreon if you're interested in that. If not, no worries. We're just glad that you're listening whatsoever in any way, I, shape, or form. I have to say, dude, they have to see that shirt you have on. That's pretty legit, man. I Oh, you like it right now? I have not seen that shirt that I know oh, of. Oh, yeah, man. It's looking Shoot. good. And I'll tell you, I think that's that's one of the first ways I consumed the podcasts that you have done is through Patreon. And I would just sit and watch and, you know, I was really grateful that you did the recording. So that's kind of one of the roundabout ways you and I met at a different level. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I think for me, like I actually like to watch my podcast live. Uh, obviously if I'm doing chores and stuff like that, I'm not able to watch it. But the reason why I like to watch it, I found out is obviously well, for me, the message really, I feel it more if I can see their facial expressions if I can see, you know, just, just the way they're talking about things. And I'm hoping, even though hope's not a good strategy, I think that if you watch us talk about this stuff, you can actually model a little bit more. You can see like certain things that I'll emphasize and like, like how I look when I'm talking about it, because if you look the same way, so when I give examples and I break down for parents, step one, step two, I go into therapist mode and I go into role playing. So I'm pretending to be the parent. And you get to watch me talk about these things. You may think, hey, I don't have that type of vocabulary, even though I don't use big fancy words, but maybe you just don't feel confident talking about things the way I do. Well, how would you feel confident about it if you've never done that before? So watch me or use me as an example, and you can pick and choose like kind of a la carte, like, oh, I like the way he actually said that, how he emphasized this. I liked how in this situation he was calm and relaxed, and even though it was a stressful situation, he was being very just passive with his approach, you know, not passive, but just very calm with his approach, very, uh, uh, measured, you know, not going too quick. Agreeable. That's Agreeable. what I'm Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, go to Patreon if you like, but today we got another question for it. And, uh, Jason's going to uh, read the question for us and then we'll uh, give you our thoughts on it. Yeah. Before I go into the question, I just want to give one more pitch on that idea of watching you do it because as imitations, the highest form of flattery, candidly whenever i've had a real challenge and i needed to go th through something with my children 
or anyone in my family, I would go back and watch the, you know, the Patreon that I had already seen you do it. And I would impersonate you without like going, you know, I, I didn't like go and get nicer black hair or something. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like doing your style so that it, because for me, it's not natural to do it the way you say it. And mine seems more accusatory or more of a, from a place of negativity because I'm talking to my children about something that needs to be corrected where yours is always from a place of optimism and like assumption that they're going to just accept what you're saying. You, you come at such a different angle than I do. And so utilizing that, that I've watched you, that has been very helpful for me. So, yeah, I call that copy it till you can connect with it. Ah, there you go. I like so, it. I mean, once you connect with the information, you'll convey it a lot better, but we really do. I mean, that's why we go to YouTube and, and watch, you know, how to do it type stuff, right? Do it yourself type stuff. You just got to watch other people that that's their thing. Now for me, if it comes to like fixing a car, doing those type of stuff, don't watch me do it. Cause a, I don't ever do it. Cause I don't know how, but that's what it is. You just got to copy the people that do it the best. I mean, like you said, you know, that, that's a, it's a important flattery thing. I mean, athletes do it all the time. They watch other athletes, they copy, they take be- bits and pieces of it. Same thing. If you're a speaker, right? I bet you there's been thousands of people that have watched Jason Hewlett speak and perform and, and present or like, wow, I could take this of him. I could take this. And they could never be you. And you shouldn't want to be speaking just like Jason. Cause that's like, that's just copying to the actually just paste and copying. Right. But this copy little bits and pieces about it. And yeah, very helpful. So thanks for the actual plug. Appreciate it, Jason. Yeah, no, of course. So here's the question. Now that we're back in school, we're talking families, kids, everybody mm. now that we're back in school. How do we make sure we don't make the same mistakes as we did last year, such as things like structure and habits mm. I know for my family, we were thinking about this in terms of like, the usage of our phones and social media. Wait, you guys use phones all the time in your family (laughs) with your teenagers? I don't know. Tell me more. I guess you caught me. (laughs) Yes. I know you're never on your phone, Jason. You're never posting on LinkedIn or Instagram or anything. So (laughs) anyway, sorry, continue. (laughs) Well, yeah, in in our family, we've, as we've gone back into the school mode, you know, we started to realize, oh man, this summer really did a number on our structure and habits that we've at least tried for, you know, the lifetime of kids having phones has been put into place. And so, you know, we know scientifically why you shouldn't have a phone next to your bed, whether it's the radiation or the blue light in your face and late at night and the things that can happen on. Or just, you don't want to lay on your back and actually fall asleep and drop it on your face and break your nose. (laughs) Yeah. I may have done that 10 or 20 times. So I think like we're not the only ones that are guilty of this. And that's the only comfort in this is that like everybody's in some right struggling with this. But I do know that if you have a conversation with your teenager and you're like, scientifically speaking, this is a bad idea. They don't care at all. And so we're center of disease control or the U S government's put out a PSA that says, your they cell phones care. are bad, but want you to download this app to pay your taxes. I'm just kidding. That's right. Yeah. They're, they're just like, whatever, you know, even if we watch a cool YouTube video about it. Yeah. And so as we're trying to reestablish the structures and habits within our own family for this school year, it's like, okay, you know, I, I said to them, I'm guilty of this more than anybody. So it's not just on you guys. I mean, this is my problem too. I'd like to reestablish a new habit 
or at least the old one that we used to do, which was turning the phones in at night into a public space. And some people even lock these things up. I, I don't know what works for everybody, but mm-hmm. for us, it was a public space in the living room. You know, everybody has to like walk all the way down or up there to get to them rather than having it next to their bed. So we are now creating solutions like, okay, you know, want to know what time it is in the middle of the night? I guess we need to buy you a alarm clock on Amazon and little things like that that make a difference to a kid having literally this this phone thing has become almost the comfort blankie for all people and even the parents maybe most especially the parents and so just replacing that and figuring out you know do we need to buy an old cd player so we can have our music playing or whatever the new habit needs to be i'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on this because this came from a place for our family and others like this is a habit that got out of control over the summer. You know, the kids are out doing their thing as teens. You're waiting for the text. You're back and forth. Lay, you know, mom and I are laying in bed and it's 1145. We're like, just making sure you remember 12 o'clock, you know, is the time to be home and all that stuff. So, so now we're at school time. It's going to be different. What do you suggest, man? Um, first of all, I think this is a great question. So props to whoever uh, submitted this question and, and put this up there. Um, it's a question I'm sure lots of people have done plenty of episodes. In fact, I think we might have done a, an episode on on the Light the Fight before the, this podcast changed its name a few years back about this same type of topic. And I always say the same thing when it comes to these types of situations because you said it yourself, Jason, that you might be the worst example Yeah, I in am. your own family. Now, um, People such as yourself, uh, there's there's a common excuse or reasoning, I should probably say, for being on your cell phone all the time. It starts with a W and ends with an irk. Work. That's right. And doing it for work, you know. You know those 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 speaking gigs don't book themselves. You know my online <laughs> presence and this and that. But you and I both know that the lines between work and entertainment and just going down rabbit holes aren't even a line. If they are, they're invisible. They're really, really tough to see. Happened last night. Me and my wife got in a very short argument when uh, I was really stressed out. I was you know, having a teach day for the first time of the school year. I have tons of teachers that I'm teaching and they're texting me at night. We're just trying to get together some last minute stuff because we've had lots of technical difficulties over the summer preparing for this launch of the new school year. And, um, I was on my phone. I hadn't been on my phone for any entertainment reason the whole entire day. And I was sent my last email. I said, Oh my gosh. And I just open up my YouTube. I'm like, let me just listen to something stupid, funny, just to get my brain like swiped off, like clear the hard drive. I click on the video. And right when I click on the video, my wife walks out of the bathroom and goes, Hey, are you still working? Or are you watching just like a YouTube video or something? <laughs> Now, in her mind, she's like, I said that politely, nicely, and the reason why I said that was because you've had a stressful day, and I was hoping that you're watching a YouTube video. Yeah, okay. But she didn't say that. No. So me, I got triggered. Yeah. And uh, if you listen to any of the podcast for, um, love my wife. She's amazing. <laughs> she's just always had a habit of asking lots of questions. In fact, her parents called her the question girl. And I kind of make a living a little bit on convincing people not to start with questions and conversations kind of my thing 
And so that triggered, by the way, my wife doesn't even do that anymore, really. It's like an old thing, but like first 15 years of our marriage, that was a thing. Last couple of years, not so much. So I got all pissy and, you know, I got on my pants in a bunch and I was like, I've been working all day. So we, we, we solved it. But the point I was making is that if we're in these stressful situations and we're doing work all the time and we want to validate a little time to, uh, look at some entertainment to get off it. It's easy to go from work to entertainment and forget to flap flip back into work. In fact, I forgot to send an email after that. Oh yeah. And Jason, I'm glad you're willing to use yourself as an example because my answer is going to start off with it. Absolutely. 1000% starts with us as parents. No question. So as parents, I'm assuming anyone listening to the cell phone to listening to this, uh, podcast is actually listening on a cell phone. So most parents nowadays are on their cell phone. Even if you're one of those parents that argues, well, I'm not on my cell phone that much. I'm not on social media. I don't do this, that, and the other. Okay. But are you listening to audiobooks on your phone? Are you reading books on your phone? Are you posting a blog? Or, I mean, you're using your cell phone for more than just phone calls because who even calls each other anymore? Right. Are you texting nonstop? I don't care if it's for work or anything. If we don't show restraint, if we don't show that discipline of how to pull away from it, and if we don't admit and acknowledge that we show with ourselves and come up with plans, very realistic plans, then what's going to happen is we're going to get angry as parents. We're going to snap at our kids. We're going to call them out. And there's a good chance that their rebuttal might be, will you do the same thing too? Yeah. Right. And I've had too many parents go tit for tat back with their kids fighting arguing. Well, I'm not as much as you do. I'm with work. And next thing you know, they go off on this conversation slash argument that has nothing to do with the original topic. When the original topic is this is an everybody problem, not a just one person problem. Yeah. So the approach is you got to model it. You got to go first. So Jason, um, I know before we started the podcast, you had some ideas. You said like, I'm going to have to do some things different right? And you, you approach your kids with it. Like you tell the alarm clock thing. Yeah. So we, uh, we, my wife and I went on Amazon last night. It was almost ironic because we were like laying in bed, looking at Amazon for a long <laughs> on your phone. Yeah. It's like, why are you on your phone? We're looking at alarm clocks. So you don't have to be on your phone. <laughs> exactly. It's like hypocrisy knows no bounds. Is that yeah, saying, we're right? like, oh, look at what we're doing. You know? Yeah. So like, Sometimes I'm Googling how to shut off your phone on my phone. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're just, sometimes you need to just screenplay or mirror your phone to the Mm, TV so they can see. Okay. Yeah. So we were looking at new alarm clocks from Amazon, some that have the glow light so you can see it in the middle of the night or whatever that uh, we were thinking also like music, if we want to have music playing, because that's the main excuse the kids have. It's double-edged sword. It's, we need to have a clock and we need to have music like meaning soft music to fall asleep to sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, maybe we should buy an old CD player. Maybe we should, you know, figure this, this out this way. So my wife and I are trying to come up with solutions. And then we bought one of those stations where you can charge like six phones at once. And we're going to have to buy two of those because we have so many devices yeah. that need to go in the living room and the living rooms and inconvenient place for everybody not just them but for us my wife and i 
So yeah, those are some of the solutions. But I think, like you say, me coming at it with this angle of being like, hey, look, this is my problem first. And I would like you to join me because we've tried this in the past. I think that's a really beneficial way of doing it versus what I used to do before I knew you and listen to your podcast where I was like, you guys are all on your phone and you guys are all bad. You know, I, I was that guy before listening to you, I think. So, well, I mean, think like, about it. How many times does someone change your mind or convince you to change a bad habit or to consider something that you need to change by picking a fight, being accurate, like accusing you of something and interrogating you about it? Yeah, it's never going to happen. I mean, that's why people picking fights on Facebook about politics and, and, you know, whatever else with health and so forth in the last few years, it's embarrassing. It's just like, okay, well, no one's going to change each other's mind. And so. Well, not able- like that. There's no gentle oh, like persuasion. Oh, there's there's not. no logic. There's no reason. It's yeah. just shame, yelling, emotional stuff. Yep. Yeah. So just. Just, I think uh, us as adults owning up to it, that we have a challenge with it as well. And we need to come at it from a, an angle of we're all learning together. I think that's do, a big deal. Do you know why that is more effective? Cause we said like, you know, you can't change someone's mind, stuff like that. I'm, I'm testing or not our listeners. I'm testing Jason right now. Do you know why it doesn't work to do it the old way? Cause there's one thing that I always say that says, if you make it about this, they're not going to listen. But if you make it about something else, you've got a chance to reel them in. Mm. Starts with a P. The word starts with a P. If you make it personal, personal, there you go. You can lead a horse to water, you guys. But boom, boom. come on, give a drop there. (laughs) Give a funny drop on your little editing software out there. Uh, Boom. (laughs) There There you go. You don't want to make it personal. Yeah. So if you're coming at them, I did a podcast a long time ago, same podcast channel and go back to one of our very first podcasts years ago it says the less or the, um, the more you blow up, the less you follow up. So as a parent, if you get pissed off your kids because they're on their phones all the time, but like Jason said, it's going to be your fault. Parent, you were the one that gave them the phone. That's why, you know, I was using the, uh, some of those examples, you gave them the phone, they have the phone. Like it is your responsibility. Like this is you, you did this, you created this problem. Okay. Now, if you got lax at day school, maybe you're one of those parents out there where you've been going through a lot of stress. So you've been vegged out on your phone. And so you can't really be getting after your kids on their phone. If you're on your phone, because you won't notice that they're on your phone. Cause you're too busy staring at your screen. Okay. Or if you're one of those parents, like I'm so tired of fighting with them about it. I can't beat him, join him. I right? give up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, you oh, give well, up, right? A lot of, lot of yeah. people say, I just give up. I'm just giving up. I, I, I give up. I can't do it. It's too much. Well, and think about it. It's, it's easier to give up when you're emotionally charged. You get pissed off, you get angry, you yell at them, then it causes a bigger fight. Then it turns into another fight about something else. You open up Pandora's box and then people say, well, five years ago and you yelled at me like, well, last summer when you sit then next, you know, it's just like, what are we doing? Right. They just gets all unraveled. It's just, just a a frayed rope. There's no strength to that bond anymore between you and your kids. That's not going to work. That's why I say, don't make it personal to them. But if you make it personal to you and I've had, I had a mom one time, she was really uh, hell bent on 
dieting and eating better. Um, she got some bad health news and the doctor said, hey, listen, if you don't change your diet, it, you're, you're, it's not going to be good for you. And, uh, you know, she was one of those women, she just kind of was born with, you know, not being overweight, kind of one of those physiques, or whatever, that she said, hey, I got cocky, I thought I could eat whatever I want, because uh, I never really put on weight. And so after going to the doctor, her f- family, everybody's worried about her. So she came home, saw her kids eating bad one day and just snapped. And she yelled at them, yeah, you guys, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And so she downloaded all stuff. She paid all this money for this diet plan. She had all this food delivered to her house, spent like hundreds of dollars and said, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. Do it. Then I'm tired of this and that. And guess who's feeding them all that food all those years? It was her. So she wanted a drastic change. She made it personal towards them. And she wanted everybody to jump on this ship and just take a cruise out into the world of tasteless food that nobody wanted to eat and small portions too. That was the hardest part that her kids played. It was like, this is food for a bird, right? So um, the mom and I talked about it and I said, well, you're not, you're making it personal towards them, but not personal for you. And it is personal for you and they can either help you with that or you can, you know, criticize them and try to, you know, influence them that way with a strong fist and a firm hand and force them to do it. Instead, she decided to have a sit down conversation after I talked with her. She talked to her family. She got very personal. She said, I'm sorry that I got mad at you guys last week. By the way, this lasted like three days and she gave up on trying to force them to eat good like that. <laughs> Cause she didn't even like the food anyway. She saw, she ended up not even using that diet. It was just, it was an impulse buy midnight, right? Just, I saw the infomercial, whatever it was. So she sat down she had a very heart to heart conversation with them, cried, told them that I can't do this without you guys. She goes, it's not fair to you guys that you have to change your diet and you have to do these things, support me. But if you're eating these other foods, I'm scared that I won't have the self-control. And that's hard for me to admit that I want you guys to uh, be self-sufficient, wake up, go to school in time, do all these things. And I can't even control the way that I eat. And after that conversation, the kids changed their tone. Was it easy for them to do? Was it something that they wanted to do? The answer to that is no and no. But it ended up working out. They made serious life changes because they saw how scared their mom was. They didn't want to lose their mom. They didn't want to. I mean, she basically ate herself into being type 2 diabetes. As she told me, she goes, because at the time I was like, I'm like, you got diabetes? I'm like, I didn't. I never knew she talked about diabetes. She goes, no, I got type two, the type you earn. And I was like, oh, I never heard that before. And she's like, no, I earned this diabetes and I can change it myself. I'm like, okay. I thought it was funny at the time. Wow. But after that conversation with her, her family, Jason, it was, it was a big change for them. And I counseled one of her kids, the teenager. That's how I met her in the first place. And even the teenager said it was different the second time when they talked about it. They felt like they're a part of a team. They felt like I will do this for my mom and the team even though I wouldn't do it for myself. And isn't that true, Jason? I mean, how many things would you do for other people that you would really wouldn't do for yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting, man. And so yeah. some of the advice, some of the, the advice that I gave her and some of the things that they decided to do, one of the biggest things of the complaints um, for, for her and her kid was her kid's cell phone use. And they had old devices. And one of the issues the kid said, hey, you know, I, I really like to listen to music. And I'm not a radio person. I don't want to use a CD player. 
And like many of us adults, we won't use certain apps if it's not the type of app that we like. Or something could be totally fine, but we're like, oh, I just don't like it because the way it interfaces or I have to jump through too many hoops. We've gotten pretty bougie in 2023. A lot of people don't want to learn new things or do things that aren't the way, even by the way, a lot of people will do a longer version of something that's more painstaking just because they feel comfortable with that, even though it's not as effective, right? So with this same family, with the phone thing, we kind of take this, we took the same approach with the diet that we did with the phone and we went old school on a few things, but we had to be realistic that her kid wasn't going to just play CD players. Right. Kid wasn't going to, you know, freaking, you know, do the things that the mom want to do with the phone. So the one negotiation we had was music while they're studying. The parents said, no, the music does help them. And they were okay with that. The problem is, is while they're searching for music, they go down rabbit holes and they get notifications on their phone. So they uh, got an old phone, an old phone that was not actually really connected to the internet. Uh, Well, they didn't have a plan for it anymore. They were able to uh, use Wi-Fi and stuff like that, transfer the, the, uh, the kid's favorite playlist, put it on the old phone and the old phone, um, was removed of all the apps, everything on there. So the parent found out that the kid doesn't like to jump through all these hoops and do stuff like that. And the kid was like, well, I just want my phone. Like, oh, so I thought it was the the music versus the phone. The music was there, but let's be honest, the kid was dependent upon their phone. So once we convinced him and he just used the phone, he did have the music. He was able to listen to music, was irritated that he wasn't able to be distracted and two things happened. One, did his homework in half the time. And two, he was irritated that he didn't get to look at his phone while he's doing the homework. Okay. He was irritated. I don't know if you knew this, Jason, but as adults, if there's one thing that we could do to help our kids, it'd be to help them get used to being annoyed and irritated, not take it personal, oh, and boy. not feel like there's a war and a battle that they need to fight. It's part of life, actually. Yeah, that's funny because, you know, you th- I mean, it's not funny. It's just what it is where you think about all these parents that are like, I just want my kid to be safe. And it's like, well, but you also have to teach them how to be strong. And so we can keep them as safe as possible, but might want to teach them some of those strength things. So, yeah, are they going to be irritated? Oh, yeah, throughout life. Yeah, and you're also going to have bullies, too. You're going to have a lot of inconveniences. So. <laughs> well, yeah, and and what didn't help in this situation, and doesn't help for any of you parents out there, if you're irritated because your kids are irritated. Do we think that we're talking to full-fledged people that work at your job? If you're irritated with a 40-year-old at your job because they're acting like a teenager, right on. But if you're irritated at a teenager for acting like a teenager, be really careful to rein back your irritation so it doesn't become like you're taking it personal. Us as parents, it's hard not to take it personal when our kids try to manipulate, take advantage, cut corners, uh, you know, get out of trouble. As I've said more times than I can remember on this podcast, teenagers will avoid being uncomfortable at all costs. Part of the evolving out of the teenager realm of their life is they have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And one of the most uncomfortable, one of the most challenging things for teenagers is, and adults too, if we don't transition out of that time of our life and finish that developmental cycle, we will start to create very uncomfortable comfort zones. 
I don't like this relationship. I don't like this thing in my life, but I'm comfortable with it. So I will do nothing to change it. Your kids have a very uncomfortable comfort zone. Their chances of being fired or unemployable or not working well at their own job, whatever job they have, if they have a dependency on electronics and their devices, the chances of it not going well for them are very high. So if they're uncomfortable, that's okay. But if you make it personal, now they're not uncomfortable. Now they're angry. Big difference between the two. We can get used to being uncomfortable, but we can't get used to someone holding us down, uh, taking away our freedom, and making us feel like we have no choice. That kind of, we get that like defensiveness where we want to fight back or push back. That doesn't help build resiliency. That doesn't help your kids be competent in how to deal with uncomfortable situations. It gets them better at avoiding uncomfortable situations or blaming you for making them feel uncomfortable. But if you don't make it personal to them and you have to, like, like Jason was saying, you have to put in some of your own skin in the game when it comes to the phones, maybe you need to turn off your phone. Maybe you've fallen victim to the same thing that your kids are victim to. Or maybe you don't think you are, but your kids think that, that you are, if it looks like it on the outside. I remember watching the movie The Social Dilemma, if any of you guys have ever seen that. The, the guy who's the president of Pinterest for a long time, he, he makes himself, he's all, he couldn't believe, he's all, how, what's the, he's all, the crazy irony of this is I'm developing these apps so that no one will ever get off of it. I go home and then I'm on the same apps and I'm like, I, I, how is this happening? I'm hiding in the closet because he made a deal with his kids that they're all going to put their phones away and stuff. And he couldn't keep his phone out of his bedroom, yeah. right? And he was just like, the irony, I, like, I do this to do, make it this way and I fell victim to the exact same things that my kids and everybody else is falling victim to. So yeah, no one's scary. above this. No one's above this whatsoever. Oh. And what's scary about that movie as well, that show, is that those same developers are also the ones that do not even allow their kids to have apps and phones and stuff. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's Steve Jobs cool. famously came out and said that. Everybody's like, how ironic. And But here's these. Yep. They knew even if they said that, admitted that, people weren't going to stop it. No, it won't <clears> stop. But, you know, what you're talking about is so helpful, and I mean – obviously we're leaning into like phone usage and stuff, but I mean, you could even consider things like I, I was watching my kids, you know, through this summer in some ways. And I was like, they're playing video games instead of being outside and playing, or they're, they're watching a YouTube videos instead of reading a book, you know, and, and here I am getting kind of like flustered and frustrated as a dad thinking, well, why are they, why are they not outside running around and it's nice weather? And I, then I thought, well, but I'm not either, you know, like I'm not, I'm not getting up and I'm not getting yeah. up early and going for a hike. Like, and so it actually I'm watching working out workout videos. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching workout videos. So I was like, maybe if I start doing it, then it will at least create that example for them to see, Oh, my dad's out on a bike ride or, or, or then I would include them. I'd be like, Hey, you guys want to go for a bike ride? I'm going to the gym. So I started in the summer riding my bike to the gym which is a couple of miles from my house. It's, and then it's downhill all the way to get there. You do the workout, then you'd ride your bike back up and it's a monster. But the thing that I love about this is my kids started to join me in that. And so we created a new habit. Um, same thing with reading books where I was like, man, they're always watching TV. And then I realized, well, maybe they don't see that I'm reading cause I'm on my phone and I read books on my phone. So I was like, I'm going to go hold an actual book 
and see if that makes any and difference. Put your phone least, in the middle of it. Yeah, the phone was <laughs> in the middle. I was yeah. just hiding it. <laughs> but like, I started to hold open books, and Good idea. like, it, for for me, it's a lot about patterning the behavior I want them to, you know, have as well. And I obviously I have a lot to improve on, but this has been a really interesting thing for me as we we're talking through this about how we don't want to repeat the same mistakes we made last school year. We want to create better structures and habits for this school year. It all begins with us as the parent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, we bought the phones. That's right. All right. We, we gave them these opportunities. My wife, and you said, this is not just with phones. This is with so many things. My wife, I'm so thankful that she's such an amazing example of this because I'm not, and I wasn't raised this way. And this, neither was she, but this is kind of just who she became. You know, she eats, sleeps, and breathes fitness and conditioning and exercising. And she lives it. She walks the walk. But my wife is like, no. She teaches classes and she teaches all different types of workout types of things. And she will take my kids with her. She says, we're going to go do this workout today. We're going to do this. And the way she's talked to them about eating and healthy eating and and, you know, every single meal she puts vegetables with this and this. And when I don't, when I feed the meals, she's like, did you feed them vegetables? I'm like, I'm 50-50 on the vegetables, right? Like it's every other time, you know? And so, but my kids, now they just naturally, this is part of the routine. They eat vegetables, they do this. My son's like, I love broccoli, this. I'm like looking at it going, it's so true. Like her example of her conditioning, because she was doing it, she was asking them to do it. And then when, for example, pushing them on workouts, my kids, when she does workouts, like my wife's the fitness coach of their swim team, right? And so she's there. My kids are always at the top. They're always moving, going forward. They will watch other kids just like, oh, lay around. Like, I don't want to do this, this, and that. Well, guess what? Those kids aren't the best in the pool. Those are the same kids that that lack of drive and motivation at the beginning, my kids also whine and complain about doing the workouts and exercises. But after repetition, it became just normal. And then it became like, wow, I'm feeling stronger. I'm this, I'm that. And then they saw it actually helped them swim faster. So their brain started making those connections all before they were 11 years old. Awesome. And so I'm sitting here going, man, like I've learned from that. I do mine <clears throat> with communication. My yeah. wife is more the exercise and eating. I'm the communication. Because uh, my wife, she, she always says, I'm not good with words. Like she just doesn't, she, she's a... She's a doer. I'm a talker, right? <laughs> that, that's, that's the motto in our family. But just role modeling and doing those things for our kids, just like Jason was talking about, doesn't matter if it's cell phones, diet, nutrition, whatever it is, hard work, doing schoolwork, our kids have to see us doing it. So I like that you said you'd pull out the books. I'd like that you said if you go on a bike ride, well, then they'd come with you. It's hard to put down our stuff and say, I have a lot of parents from their phone saying, Kids don't play outside anymore. Go outside and play. You better get out of here and go do your own thing. Well, you're on your phone. Yeah, but that's different. It's from work. I know. Okay. We yeah. got to go outside, play with them. We got to do it with them. I hear so many people talk about force your kids, go outside, go build forts, stuff like that. What if you built it with them? That's right. What if you went on the walk? What do you say? I'm going to walk. Come with me. How many of you parents out there force your kids to play a board game? Like, ah, I don't want to play no stupid board game. And then they had fun. Or maybe they didn't want to try a new food and then they try to end up liking it. Yep. Or when you're like, I, I wish my kid would go invite someone to play. You know, my, my wife is the ultimate social butterfly. 
And she's so good at gathering people to have something special, whether it's inviting yeah. people over for dinner or, or creating something special with friends to do. Yeah. And so that's not necessarily my nature. That is hers and that's her strength. And so she's constantly doing that. And each of my children are slowly learning, oh, there's a great strength in gathering numbers and friends and, and, yeah. and having them around. And so I'm going to build the tribe. Community. Yeah. Building the tribe. That's my wife, like to a T she's, she's just so good at that social networking. And I'm grateful for that, that it's social networking in person. It's pretty cool. The old school version face to face. Yeah, man. It's yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, thank you for whoever sent in that question. Um, and going back to what we talked about everything that Jason, and I just said, it only works if we don't make it personal. We don't, uh, we don't come at our kids out of frustration, whether it's electronics, phones, whatever, if it's not a personal attack, if it's not out of a moment of frustration, you have to think about it. You have to come up with a plan. And then when you talk to your kids about it, you have to be vulnerable and kind of put yourself out there and, and share with them heartfelt reasons why you've been struggling with these things, reasons why you know that things need to change. And also be awesome. This is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. I may screw up and I may make some mistakes. You guys may screw up, but I won't expect you to make, to be perfect at it. As long as we're all progressing and growing together, that's efficient with me, but it's up to me to keep you guys moving and accountable and moving forward. So I, I really need your compliance. I really need you to work with me. That is how you are able to do that stuff that Jason and I just talked about. Those things got to come first. Otherwise, Hey, you might get lucky. Maybe your kids are so intimidated by you. Maybe you're so threatening. Maybe you can pull the, well, I'm not going to pay for this. You're going to be grounded. Maybe you could use all those threats and all those things. But just remember the definition of the word influence, the definition of the word of having power over people is really influence. And out of all the ways you can influence someone, bribery, good looks, money, um, you know, blackmail, you know, manipulation, all those ways of influence, they can work but they don't work for long. The only long game of influence is you have to first allow those people's thoughts, feelings, opinions to influence you. That means you need to say things like, hey, I know that this isn't fair to you. I know that you didn't do anything wrong this summer being on your phone all the time. I allowed it. I was on top of it. And so I'm not punishing you for anything. I'm just trying to help us be better. That's right. Well said. Okay. And I'd like to also say, as quickly as this phone can connect you to the world, it can just as quickly disconnect you from your family. And so the promise is to be present with the people we love the most. And as parents, the thing that they want the most is to just be involved with us and us with them. If we'll bring them along with us on those activities, on even us trying to be our best selves, they'll see that pattern and they'll say, that's, I think, what I want to do as well, whether it's right now or somewhere decades down the road. <laughs> we hope that it'll rub off, right? Right. Well said. Well, I think that's, I think we hit our mark. Leave it at that. I can't add anything else to that. That was a perfect ending. Wrap that up, Jason. So thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. And I know it's a school time. So that means our podcast number is going to go up again. They always dip a little bit over Christmas and during June and July. And the reason being is people are playing with their toys during the summer. They're playing out in the sun, which is a good thing. But this is definitely our tax season as this podcast goes. <laughs> this is a time where people start I'm like, man, we got a whole lot more people. Like, We'll bump up like 
an extra 25k a month just just like just in our listenerships during this time so thank you guys for listening if you want to follow jason heel you can follow him at jason hewlett on social media it's pretty simple h-e-w-l-e-t-t nice oh i got it right i actually spelled it right okay and for me i'm on instagram you can follow me david underscore kozlowski k-o-z-l-o-w-s-k-i underscore uh, I'm only on Instagram, uh, not really that active on it, but I am on there. And then also OG.therapy on Instagram. That's where we post reels. And we have an OG Therapy YouTube page as well. And as always, if you really want extra content, if you want to listen to us, go to www.patreon.com backslash OG Therapy. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash OG Therapy. Get over to about two and a half years of content, digital content, all that good stuff. And uh, until next time, just remember, you guys, it's school time, back to school. If you're feeling helpless and you're stressed and you're worried over your kids and life stress has got you down on your knees, no need to worry. Just press play and listen to your OGs. Until next time, be cool. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.